Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today on Housing Wire Daily, I'm joined by lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about the Federal Reserve's action to raise rates, as well as how the new home sales report confirmed that housing is now in a recession. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. It is great to be here on Fed Day. On Fed Day, we are... We are recording this on Wednesday because I felt like our readers would want to know, our listeners would want to know, what does Logan Motoshami think about what happened with Chair Powell and the Fed move? And so let's jump right into that. What is your takeaway from from his move? I believe that just watching Chairman Powell and some of the language that uh, he's using, they are mindful of the weakness in economic data so much that they using the term data dependent, kind of the first quarter GDP, a lot of the growth slowing down are just inventory channels. So that's that wasn't a big deal to them. The second quarter, though, they were, or at least he's talked about it a few times, that they've noticed weakness in, in demand and consumer spending and business investment and in housing, of course, uh, due to... Uh, higher mortgage rates. So uh, just reading off of him, uh, you can actually understand why the 10-year yield has actually fallen uh, recently, uh, even with a 75 basis rate hike. I mean, just speaking at this very second, you know, it's still 2.75% uh, on the 10-year yield. So we're, we are not even going higher on kind of these days where the Fed is, 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 is talking. So I think there is a, a very interesting dynamic shift now with the bond market and with the Federal Reserve, uh, where they're trying to thread a needle. And it's very difficult in, in some of their uh, toolkit, uh, because you can only do so much with limited supply of commodity goods. Um, with housing, it's different. Higher mortgage rates, the, the Fed reset, as they talked about it, they wanted housing to cool down. They cool down so much that we raised the fifth recession red flag in uh, June. Um, and uh, production of housing, in a sense, is done. Uh, so uh, we're at this point where I think it, today today was the first time that I actually saw like the Fed kind of sort of blink. Uh, and I think that's the reason the stock market had gone up uh, right away. And uh, people are just waiting for him to kind of give clues. Now, the counter to this would be, uh, let's say the Russian invasion gets worse. Uh, there's a lack of supply for commodities. Commodity prices increase. But again, the Fed could only do so much there. Um, so today was today was important in that, in that sense that you could understand why the 10-year yield has fallen so much from recent highs, but the two-year yield is 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 is, is still strong, and, and the yield curve is inverted, which is of course the third recession red flag. I, I'm in the full camp that everything is data dependent right now, and uh, of course we, in a sense, raised the recession red flag. The sixth one will be officially raised uh, next month, but it's it, it already happened. So they're kind of trying to make this recession as least painful as possible. 
And this is why the, the next few months are going to be really interesting, because as commodity prices have come down recently, they're kind of waffling on, you know, headline inflation, energy or core inflation, rent inflation, core inflation. The growth rate has been falling a little bit, but now headlines coming down. So I, I honestly believe Powell is so scared about mortgage rates falling down again and stocks going up that he's trying to like not give a clue about when they believe they'll or when he will or the Federal Reserve will pivot on this. But uh, I, I could just see the trying to manage the statements just around that because they don't want stocks taking off and mortgage rates to come back down. They believe that will be inflationary or that will prevent because the labor market is tight. You know, they're they watch the big job openings data where I disagree with the Federal Reserve and most people that the labor participation rates in general are not a good indicator of labor supply. This is why it's been falling since 2000. Uh, um, so I think they're assuming that more people are going to come back to the workforce. Well, if you're assuming that, that means certain people haven't worked for 25 years uh, and they're not coming back because they never needed to work in the first place. So uh, it's 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 it, today was a very interesting uh, Federal Reserve Day, and but you could kind of make sense that the bond market kind of got a whiff of this early on, and we're at this again tug of war between commodity inflation and a slowing economy. I know that you have been team higher rates, but what are the possibilities for mortgage rates falling or at least um, not going any higher, uh, given the this latest latest Fed move? We, you know, we, we talked about this a few months ago saying that, you know, the, kind of that six and a quarter, that aggressive pricing, right? Mortgage rates took off and bond yields took, took off after the Russian invasion. And the pricing got very stressed uh, in the sense where it was six and a quarter and six and a half. Um, if, the, if the market was priced accordingly right now, like it was in 2018, uh, mortgage rates would be four and a half, four point seven five today. We'd be a one percent lower. So we've already had a one percent reduction, really, from the peak pricing already. We're at five and a half, I think, today. I I cannot be part of like higher rates anymore from from the peak level because my recession red flags are up. The counter to myself is that this is going to be like the late nineteen seventies or early eighties, where bond yields and um, uh, in- inflation both rise during a recession. My argument against that is that if that was the case, the 10-year yield would have been over 5 6% already. But the bond yields are already coming back down uh, or, while the Fed is hiking rates. So we have now had 275 basis hikes and the 10-year yield is at 2.77. So we'll, it, there's, there's this kind of almost like a polar, polar game between when's the recession going to happen? When's the Fed going to blink? How much will they take a slower job growth? Because to me, they're they're hanging everything on jobs being created. Uh, and of course, jobs have been created in a noticeable fashion in the first uh, uh, six months of the year. So uh, without that, I think a lot of their language would change because they finally admitted, yeah, business investment is slowing. Consumer spending is slowing. The housing market is slowing. So uh, it's 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 a difficult tug of war right now for them because some of the things, some of the tools they have really does not impact the supply. And in a sense, higher rates have already stopped the production of future housing, and that in itself reduces supply down the line. So that's the argument or the fight 
fight back that I get always, and this goes back to um, February of 2021. If you want higher rates, that'll stop production. Yes, I know that. My argument is that total inventory data got so low in America that we're getting 15 to 20%. And we see this now, you know, with, you know, the Case-Shiller index, even though it lags, we see this with the weekly data. We're still showing double-digit year-over-year price growths with falling sales. That is an inventory issue. Uh, and we need inventory just to kind of work itself back. So that's my counter to that argument. Um, but we definitely have seen the end of the housing cycle regarding the new home sales and housing construction marketplace. So we are going to jump into existing home sales. But first, I just want to clarify. So when you said you feel like you saw the the Fed blink for the first time, what does that mean to you? That means that they are going to be a little bit more mindful on the economic data because they were able to kind of talk really tough with rate hikes as long as consumer spending was good and business investment was good. They'll take the housing reset means that the Federal Reserve just, okay, we, we just need housing to slow down really fast. But they're mindful that, hey, consumer spending is falling in, in the second quarter. Business investment is softening up. You know, the general economy is still afloat. Right, it's not in a sense recessionary, and we we have we all have this argument about what a recession is. Just keep it very simple. In a job loss recession, jobs are lost, industrial production is down, real sales are down, and real incomes are down. That isn't happening, uh, but you can see that the data is getting weaker. In fact, the leading economic index really uh, um, peaked four months ago. So traditionally speaking, going back to every cycle, going back to the late 1960s, you can see that we're turning down toward a recession. I, I, I believe they see it too. You know, they talk about trying to get a soft landing or a hard landing. They want to they want to prevent this. It's just hard for them when headline CPI is 9% because of energy prices. And they always refer to the Russian invasion as being the big push, that second wave of energy prices coming up just because of supply constraints and the kind of the uh, sanctions and everybody's working around that uh, reality, which can get worse too. You know, uh, the Russian invasion can get worse. There can be more sanctions. China can invade Taiwan. There's all these variables that they really have no tools for. So that must be frustrating for them uh, because traditionally the dollar gets super strong, which it has. By the way, I just want to add that Tom Brady doing laser eyes in May 10th of 2021 <laughs> when I retweeted that and did King Dollar. That was the bottom of the dollar, and the dollar has just ripped up higher since then. Traditionally, I, I knew you were going to have to bring that one up. You know, you have to bring it up. I'm never giving up that, that screenshot there. But traditionally, dollar gets stronger, world growth slows down, oil prices fall. But here, the, some of the supply issues are, are, are really impacting. But again, at least the Fed, to me, finally admitted that, hey, Second quarter, things are slowing down. And uh, our dual mandate is price stability and uh, labor markets. So labor markets are still good. So they're still using that. They're still using the job openings data. But they finally admitted, hey, listen, things are slowing down on that side. So hopefully that explains why the 10-year yield has stopped going up higher and it's, it's come down a bit. And we've got an inverted yield curve. And again, I'm, I'm really on my, all my six recession red flags are up. Again, my job is it's a progression model. It's not here to like call a recession or anything. It's just to show people the progressions of an economic expansion into a recession and into a recovery stage, uh, going back using models that have been back tested for many decades. Well, let's talk about your recession model. Let's talk about one of the data points that came in yesterday um, on Tuesday, new home sales. What did the new home sales 
report show and what does that mean to you? Well, it just confirmed um I think what we all know. I mean, I mean for me personally it's it's always when you forecast and you try to you know, connect the dots to people and you find inflection points. And in, in the summer of 2020, when, when we wrote that article, what could cl- slow down housing, a 10-year yield above 1.94%, that's not something you just throw out there without thinking, okay, what can happen, right? There is also a secondary effect. Home prices for new homes and existing homes took off in the biggest fashion we've ever seen in recent modern day history. Not even the housing bubble years can compare to what we saw the the rate of growth, the vertical pricing. The builders pushed it, right? The builders really pushed it because they had pricing power. So when the 10-year yield broke about 1.94, that was ball game, right? That was it. The, the March new home sales data lags. Uh, so when that report came out, we just said, hey, listen, the business model is at risk here. Just look at the last two times when rates rose. But because price growth was so hot, there's no way they could uh, keep that going, and l- let alone that they had all these contracts with people that were, you know, buying with three percent mortgage rates, and then you know, as rates rise, you know, some of the cancellation rates. So, housing again slowly moves, but you can get, kind of get ahead of it, and that's why we raised the recession red flag in June, uh, and all the the new home sales data is all they're doing is confirming that. Now, it's so much different than the run up. Uh, in 2005, and you know, in the article, I, I try to highlight that in 2005 we had 1.4 million new home sales. We had rising sales, starts, prices, everything was moving uh, uh, fluidly together. Here, new home sales are 590,000. It's back to 2018 levels, which is 1996 levels. So the builders aren't really working from a kind of a a, a super hot credit boom where sales are going to decline. Uh, from you know 1.4 million to uh, uh, almost 200,000, right? Just the law of big numbers. It, it can't. So the builders, again, most of their supply that they have right now are under construction or not even started. I think it's uh, 0.83 or 0.86 is 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 actually completed product. So they're going to slow the process down and make sure that they sell as many homes as possible without having them lay. Uh, uh, out there finished and and, and, and and unbidded for. So that's almost in a sense, it kind of bailed them out. So they can take their time on this, which is so much different than 2005, when you had so much demand and just this utter collapse when the credit market got tighter in relationship to the demand curve. So a much different backdrop for them. So they're they're very well and crafty on working this. Uh, so even though the recession red flag is up and the housing construction is done, uh, it is a much different, uh, scenario for them. So if mortgage rates fall, that benefits them. Um, so if some people go, if, if the 10 year yield falls even harder and people go, oh, well, the builders are stocks are going out. Well, that's just more relationship to the bond market and mortgage market. So, in the past, this is what's changed the housing market. But again, we are above 5%. Post-2010, for the majority of the last expansion, we've been below 5%, right? We have a lot of price growth in the system now. So you kind of just want to keep it simple. As long as rates are this high, uh, the market demand will be stressed. The market demand can change, but only if mortgage rates make a move lower. And I think part of Powell's thinking uh, even though he might not admit it, oh, God, the last thing I want is mortgage rates to fall because the supply that we're seeing right now, the increase in 
at least in the existing home sales market, we're still below 2019 levels, right? So get some more supply up there, stabilize the market, because what we saw from the uh, fall of 2020 to the uh, even today is just a savagely unhealthy housing market. So I think there, Powell is very mindful of that uh, uh, reality. So when let's clarify something because when you wrote the um, you're on the new home sales that article you know the headline that you and I worked on was new home sales make it clear housing is in a recession and you have these recession red flags are those recession red flags on just about housing or is it on the overall economy? So the recession the six recession red flag model is an economics expansion model. Uh, housing is just one component of it. Like for example, the leading economic index housing permits. Like people will say. You know, permits are, you know, when permits are rising, the economy is expanding. When I raised this, when I raised the recession red flag for housing, it was the premise that construction is done, right? So uh, that is specifically for the new home sales market, uh, because the new home sales market, what it is, is construction jobs, uh, big ticket items. Those things uh, for the economy is is bigger rather than, let's say, the existing home sales market, which is just a transfer of commissions. Right. So uh, the existing home sales market, the mortgage market, there's layoffs coming in there. There's going to be less transactions being done now. So people are going to have less income in that industry and less moving trucks. Right. Uh, That's that's how you look at the existing. The new home sales market is actually, boy, construction, jobs, big ticket items. There's a lot of uh, the multiplier impact is actually much bigger in the new home sales. So that's why. Uh, when I talk about a recession, I really only talk about the new home sales market rather than the existing home sales market. So, so when that when that uh, fifth recession red flag was up, it was just purely based on housing starts uh, peaking out, and usually the builder's confidence is very efficient in telling you that ahead of time. And you know, one of the things we've we've tried to focus people on is rate of change on the builder's confidence index. Don't look at the high uh, historical number. Uh, of the builder's confidence. When it turns, it turns. And why should it turn? Well, if the 10-year yield breaks about 1.94, we have 4% plus mortgage rates. The data should turn just on that. So it just, uh, that data lagged the recession call, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of one month, but we can see it now. Builder's confidence is collapsing, uh, even though it's above the, what they, what they would consider a positive number of 50. The rate of change is what matters most. You know, on that new home sales, having just bought and moved into a new home, I can I can attest that you are correct when it's like this whole constellation of things that you have to buy when you move into a new home. We just did the appliances. We ended up splurging on a TV that looks like a, a picture of the frame TV. So it looks like a piece of art. Um, that was mine. Um, various things like that. So, so, so much there. You can, I can understand why that spurs so much more spending than an existing home that already has at yeah, least some and, of those and things. It's, and it's really, yeah, it's, it's construction labor, everything that goes into building the home. So you need to buy lumber, cement, everything. And then you have to big ticket items, a stove, refrigerator. That's all new, right? Uh, the existing homes, you, you, you don't necessarily have to even buy a new refrigerator. You can move your old refrigerator. So it's, it's just, a, it, it, it's two different uh, uh, sectors completely in that, that you're producing something new and that production of that new home has all these different things that go into it. So you need cement, you need a worker, you need lumber, you need a person to fix the garage. All those workers, the multiplier impact for a new home sale is, 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 is higher 
uh, just because of all the people that go into building that home and then the purchasing of all the stuff for that home, you know, how great the kitchen is going to look, all right? All that stuff, uh, the multiplier impact is just higher. So that's why when I talk about the fifth recession red flag, it's specifically just for the new home sales sector and housing starts and construction jobs. Those are the things that uh, I look for. It's not so much of the existing home sales market. That's a different different discussion altogether. Last question. Um, when you did your, when you have your six re- recession red flags, are they la- laid out in order? Like here's the early bellwether. And then the last thing to, to that you're going to see is the sixth recession red flag. Is it the sixth recession red flag? Because that's the last thing you see, or is just, it could go in any order. It's a progression model when in a sense where, you know, the first, fr- the first red flag is unemployment rate. Uh, the unemployment rate for me had to get to 4%. Uh, traditionally, again, that means a more mature economy expansion. Uh, number two, the Federal Reserve starts its rate hike. You know that that took a very long time in the previous expansion, but here uh, it happened much quicker. Number three, the inverted yield curve, which is more bond market related, and being on inverted yield curve watch in Thanksgiving of 2021, uh, everyone has got their own models for that. I, I've got my own quirky little model. So I said, okay, we're going to be on inverted yield curve. I think it should happen. You know, in 2022, um, again, a, pr- a progression of a mature economy that's heading toward a recession. If you look back in the last five decades, you can see this. Then it's, you know, where's the overinvestment? Where's the booming demand? We see it in durable goods and retail sales. So everyone's adjusting their inventory levels, right? So what's happening is Target and Walmart and Amazon, everybody ordered too much stuff, right? And they have to adjust that. They have too many workers. You know, the Peloton effect. The Peloton is a great example of a company that just, you know, super booming demand was not sustainable too much inventory, lay off 20% of the workforce. So that's that's the retail sales and durable goods. That's recession flag number four. If you could find it earlier, it could, it, could, it could go up earlier than that. So if you're talking about timing of the flags. And then number five, you know, housing starts. And, and this is a great, great topic because before I was, you know, for writing for Housing Wire, I talked about this in 2018. In 2018, so many people were bearish on housing because the new home sales sector actually flagged a recession flag back then. Builders' confidence was down. We had a supply spike. The builder stocks were down uh, 30%. Even for myself, I said, I'm going to put this sector in the penalty box. I'm not going to raise the recession red flag, but I'm going to put it in the penalty box because why? New home sales back then were very low, and so was housing starts. And it was, you know, in 2018 when uh, all the data started to break. And I said, yeah, you know what? I believe the 10-year yield is going to come lower next year, and that should fix up this problem. What happened was the 10-year yield went lower in 2019. Monthly supply for new homes came down. The builders started building eventually. It took a while, but uh, that was a different time. Here, the new home sales sector was overheating because prices accelerated. Housing starts are much higher. All these homes were like in spec or, or haven't been built yet. So it's a much different backdrop than 2018. Because I think some of, some of the people that followed my work remember in 2018, I said, oh, penalty box, not a red flag, just because 2020 to 2024 is coming. But you can see the price in, in, those, in that article with the new home sales. You can see what happened after 2020. Prices took off, right? It was a very hot house party right there. Nothing like what we saw in the previous uh, six, seven years. So much different dynamics now and flag has to be raised. And then the final one, leading economic index, a set of 10 data lines. I just need to see it fall four to six months. It's already fallen four months. The first, the first month was so small. I just wanted to show a trend direction and that's up. And if you go back in the history of economic cycles, 
to the late 1960s. When all these red flags are up, the recession is coming, right? Um, the only time this didn't work was COVID, right? Only three of my recession red flags were up. Uh, in 2020, manufacturing data was positive. Job growth was positive. Uh, housing broke out in February. Permits took off that month. So that couldn't, it can't capture a global pandemic, right? So that's a, that's a difference. So when you have an exogenistic shock, you have to adjust to it. Uh, but here, they're all six is up. And the way to change this, you know, you have to think about what, what can prevent this? Well, let's say if mortgage rates fell, uh, if the Fed started cutting rates, if oil prices started to fall, inflation data got better, guess what? People will start consuming again. Uh, housing will, you know, start to pick up and then you can see new home sales grow, but we're not there, right? So we only adjust to the data that we have currently and the sixth recession red flag is up. And I was, I was encouraged people. I'm not here to like scream or argue about a recession. I think it's a waste of time, you know, but the progression model is just to show you a historical reality of what traditionally happens in an economic expansion into a recession and then the recovery after that. So they're all up in a sense. And I'll go into that a little bit more when the I officially raise the sixth recession red flag. But again, we are dealing with such a crazy world economic story with, with everything that's that's around us that uh, we have to realize that high velocity data can move really crazy. And if you don't adjust to that, some of the data is going to look weird. Like the inventory data looks really weird. I mean, they they just revised GDP, some people by 1% just because of the inventory data that came out today. So um, we'll take it one day at a time, one week at a time, but uh, it, it explains why I did it. And I think that's always the more important. You want to ask why is something happening rather than the final answer. Which is why we have you on twice a week now because things are happening so fast. So the next time let's let's talk about uh, more in depth on the six re recession red flags because I think they will all be raised then. That'll be officially in August. Um, and really appreciate you coming on today and and talking about the Fed. Also, at some point, we're going to have to do this where we do a video too, because I feel like our listeners, while they get so much out of your voice, what they miss is all the hand gestures <laughs> that go along with this explanation. There are so many hand things going on. We had to even tell you, stop clapping. Don't clap in a, in a podcast. So it's very funny. In the previous life, in the last century, I was a high school basketball coach. So as you can imagine, I never sat down as a coach and I'm just running back and forth. And, you know, so I'm just, this is basically me as being a coach talking about economics. So yeah, lot, lots of, uh, lots of movement and hand gestures. Anyway, Logan, thank you so much. We will talk again in a few days, but thank you so much for being on. Pleasure to be here, Sarah. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW+, membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more.
Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.